guys, and welcome to your Puna series podcast. Today, I am actually thrilled, and you are up for a treat because this is my old friend and one of the best therapists in London, and probably actually the whole world, who has accepted the invitation, is joining me for an hour conversation. And I'm so happy because we've been working alongside a very long time, but we didn't have a chance, we don't have a chance even to spend a bit of time together because we're busy in our both of careers and I realized that actually this is gonna be a lovely hour, we're gonna exchange about our experience the last 15 years of our profession. So this is Ben Carroy, Dr. Ben Carroy, I should say. Thanks, man. And he is a chiropractor originally, but uh, he has changed the way he would like to look at himself as a therapist today. And actually, I think we should start by this. So why are you not a chiropractor anymore? I know you are, but... Yeah, well, it's it's semantics, but it's not. It's... um, I don't particularly like the doctor title uh, used where it's not applicable, but I guess as a specialist, a bit like a dentist, I, I... I think it, it adds something, but chiropractor just doesn't do it for me anymore. So um, what? So, hang on, so people know a bit more. What, what do you think chiropractor means in a way? Or what, pe- what do you think people think it is? Like? Yes, yeah, I'm gonna be careful here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're indoctrinated into the philosophy and theory, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, when, we're, when we're training. But um, as you start to practice and as you start to work with individuals, people as they're coming into your room, you start to realize that a lot of what you've learned doesn't necessarily apply. And especially if the only tools that you're, I guess, uh, within the paradigm of what you've been taught, allowed to, uh, to use, you realize that you are, you're lacking. You're lacking, they're, they're, you're, there's, there are aspects to, to the biopsychosocial model which are, they're just not taught at university. So, so what would you, so going into straight in now, so what would you say was the first, I don't know if you call it a surprise, but what was the first thing you thought I'm maybe lacking of? From the, from not, not you personally, but from yeah. the teaching, I would say. Yeah, from the teaching, I think we, it's, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a divide between the brain. There's the mm-hmm. left brain and the right brain, literally. You know, I think there used to be a theoretical model uh, hypothesized that, the left brain was, and it was more of an abstract understanding, but it's yeah. actually, we do have two hemispheres. So um, Ian McGilchrist's work on the divided brain is is beautiful because it shows a bit like on the work of uh, Oliver Sacks, it's, it shows certain lesions in the brain, our brains are working differently. Now, the left brain, which is the highly rational side, which likes to put things into boxes and ticks and criteria. Compartmentalizes stuff. Compartmentalizing, you can't do that with a human being, mm-hmm. you know, with all the dimensions. and. It's, uh, it's definitely, it, 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 I was coming up against this, you know, my own values in the sense that if I'm only applying the things that I've been shown, then uh, I'm really not doing the best for the patient. And as you and I are both very much into the patient being at the center of everything we do, you know, I'm, it's, I can't sleep at night if I'm not offering something more. Yeah, this is why you're so good at it. Do you know what? That's, that's what we're here to discuss, why we are, why we are so good at what we do, Bonnie. <laughs> let's do that then let's just be nice to one another it's always good actually speaking of nice i know that we discussed that we were thinking about coming in conversation together and i'm i'm learning a lot at the moment from um Rudiger bergman and I'm, lo- I'm reading this humankind book and i'm sure you might have read as well anyway and most of you probably have heard of and it's all about there's an interesting theory here in actually how did we become 70 years ago? How did this just one species left? And is the, the connection between the kindness that actually has brought intelligence through yeah. the social link. And I realize looking at back retrospectively now that I'm 
kind of seeing this, understanding this better, that this is pretty much how I came into the change of my profession is with kindness. Not that I started being mean with my patients, but I'm just saying I understood the empathy and the intention of helping people to get better came from some kind of love for people, but also love for myself for doing that. I don't know if you could relate to this. I, I can relate to it, and you can as well, in a very real way. So what our lived experience of, of working alongside, um, I send people to you and you send people to me. It's you fill in the gaps that I was missing. And, and, I, and with my obsession with rehabilitation, um, physical rehabilitation mostly, um, I think we, we complement as a team. You know, mm-hmm. truly multidisciplinary so um and even though i'm coming at what i do from what we could describe as a compassionate and empathetic um uh, dimension i uh, i just don't have the same soft skills that you do i have different mm-hmm. skills you know, and i think it's it's about kind of matching matching skill sets and, and working out which you know when to refer that's that's huge and that is huge and that's difficult yeah. because you want to in a way that you, you want to do your best and by willing to do your best, you want to do everything, you know, and it, it doesn't come from the a wrong, it's not just ego speaking out, like I can do it all. It's just like you're trying so much. And I think there's something I know we discussed as well before that I find is a good sentence that we often read in osteopathic book, but not only is like find it, fix it and leave it alone. There's also this moment where you have to do, you yeah. don't need to do a lot. You need to be precise in your examination and in finding diagnosis or working diagnosis and then you should do just one thing. And in the same way, when you know that this is not, you don't know what that thing is, then you have to seek yeah. help around. And you do find, because there's, you know, the complementary of people like us is just, it's, it's well, what the, benefit, the patient benefits from us. 100%. I mean, it depends on how you, we, when we discuss what we do, there are, uh, there are so many ways that you can, and it's a, it's, we could have 10 podcasts discussing all the various mm-hmm. dimensions to, to what we do. But if, we, if we're talking about the empathy and, and the compassion, which is every single clinician, as you know, should start with that, mm-hmm. um, the listening. The listening, active listening, um, that's the cingulate gyrus, that part of our brain which is able to look and imagine what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes just for a moment. That's where the healing really starts, just because I'll often, as you know, as I'm going back to my left brain, right brain um, dichotomy, which is, which is that... Whenever things, if people are just given a title and diagnosis and sent away and said, right, here you go, this is what you, this is your problem, mm-hmm. do this, we never see you again, or at least you don't hope to, if you have a problem, come back. There's a, there's something missing in that, right? People don't feel that connection. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, well, you can, you can go so many ways into, uh, examining what that thing is, but it, and would you say, when I, when I hear you saying this, which I really concur with, I guess this in a word, you use the word fortitude, which I, I yeah. love a lot in the way you think about things, but I, or empowerment as it were, yeah. I think this is it, is that suddenly you, you have this will to also educate your patient, again, not patronizingly, but just saying, look, this is your body, this is yourself, the more you know about yourself in the long, like, note to yourself kind of way, you will understand more yeah. what's happening, and therefore yeah. you're back into the driver's seat to maybe try and address things. Healing, yeah, where does healing take place, mm. you know? How do you, what fortitude is, is, um, is a great word. And I think if I can provide my patients with the ability to help themselves, yeah. there is a, you know, there's an accountability process with them. I say, listen, I'd like you to try this. I, you know, I educate them, I show them what to do. And then and I tell them, I'd like to see you in, uh, in two, three weeks for a follow-up, whatever the, the timescale I, I deem relevant. But there's a, they know that they then hopefully want to, to impress me with 
having done their homework, we, we as human beings, some yeah, people we, like that, and yeah, that you know get the reward centers from that. But rather than, I, I think even just in that, uh, even in that kind of process, the dynamic of saying to somebody, "I'd like to see you again," by that point, I expect progress. That's that's a, that that and it's that's healing, you know that. That's right. Um, that's that's very important because and you're sending trust back to them as well. Yeah. They're like, he trusts me to do this. So, you know, you're empowering yeah. them in that way as well. Like, you know, it's something that you you give back to them. I feel I do. Yeah, you're right. And I, and that's and that's something which you know we talk about how our styles of practice would have will have changed. And I'm I'd like to hear yours as well because I think going away from a treatment only that kind of that active care as we call yeah. it, you know, where it's just you're the doctor, you're the practitioner, therapist, it's in one way, and and you're the yeah, it goes comes one way. To, yeah, it's all one way, and and that will work for some people. And the I think the you know if uh, if we're going to be honest, we deal with some very demanding clients and it's patients. True. There's and so if we're in a results driven industry as we are, um, if you're if you're not getting results and you're just a nice guy, then you'll you'll probably get some results, but they will move on. If they're not yeah. getting the results that they want, then they will move on. I think. When, uh, when you and I take our patients on a health journey, which is throwing in everything that we possibly know. I, you, I know you're the same as me. We're avid readers and we, we borrow from all different fields mm -hmm. to, to make us better at what we do. I think when you're offering that, there's something so honest um, in it that it's, it allows for integrity. Yeah. Between yeah. the patient, the doctor, you're, you, can, you know you're, 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 you have your values and your integrity and, and the patient added with combined with your your level of care will appreciate that i think i will i will bounce on this in saying that it's this funny journey as well for us because the more you feel you're learning obviously the more you realize there is to learn so the less you know in a way yep. but it's the same as a therapist is that suddenly you learn so much from your patients and you're ready to be in that receiving end and i think a lot of the time and it is an interesting nuance in our jobs is that the way even you're going to put your hands on someone let's say to examine something or the way you're going to put your eyes on someone your ears on someone mm. either you come and meet them and in that contact what you're then trying to is for yourself to be really light to let their energy whatever it is that's coming yeah. to you but if you're only kind of pushing into them and prodding and pushing and stuff i think i think you get something sometimes but yeah. you're not you're not matching Huge. where the, where this healing can happen but this is so hard because i think yeah. that you in a way i find that it, it comes from you willing to do your best and in a, that, that ability to want to do your best sometimes goes against yeah. that feeling of like let them come to you and when they feel that there is this attraction force towards you that is just curiosity and yeah. empathy and using those things you've learned i think suddenly something happens <laughs> and they they go on this journey with you don't they? Uh, no it's true listen uh, allow me to uh it, when when you're doing it and when i'm doing it i think because of your french je ne sais quoi. Mm -hmm. i think, think, think that's what it is i think there's something in there okay, uh, sure. you might be talking about something i'll never be able to understand um <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I think i think that there's i learned from you i learned from you um in in that sense that uh, you know our treatments are very different, and I and I, I'm I'm careful now uh, with the the force that I that I use in my treatments because I saw having had treatments with yourself and multiple other uh, practitioners, yeah. uh, you you see another way and you think okay that's I actually you doesn't that doesn't need a big wallop you know mm -hmm. to move, you know that, that the alignment stuff that I've been told about so much that's completely irrelevant and I think the delicate um, 
the delicate manipulations, the stuff where sometimes you don't even need to do a thing. It's just a communication. It's a to it's a conversation to establish whether that person actually needs to be somewhere else. That's and that's that the gentle approach, which makes I would say that's quite rare, Bonnie, because I don't think the way that we, you and I are. It's if we're, if we're honest, you know, I don't think that many men are take the time to try and be as thoughtful about some of these things as we do. Um, uh, but we've been not blowing my trumpet. No, 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 but you, yeah. what I'm saying, I, I think it's really it's nice that we, you know, it's, it's I think it's true, but in a very humble way because it's also what you've said. We are we have to to get to the results because yeah. that's what we want, and it feels you know we feel good about this, and then suddenly applying the things that we had learned first. As you say, we came to a place where it wasn't just working that way. And the, 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 yeah. the next step was actually to make ourselves very fluid yep. and just say, okay, we're going to hold the space rather than create it and just hold it there. And in this yeah. space, you as a patient with your history, with your family history, your current social history, your, all of this has to come into it. And we're listening to all of it. We're taking mm -hmm. on board. Now, what is it that's going on? And, and suddenly there is denials. We know there's so many processes in the brain and yeah. all the negative bias and supposing buys that have the people have and when we just clear that out nicely with them then you come to something that i think is very tricky to get to but yeah. i would an idea of truth and this kind yeah. of truth yeah in the health i'm talking this in the health realm right i'm talking uh, about the truth of spirituality yeah. Yeah. but that truth here for them this is what i find fascinating is that most patients do know what's going on in a way or another they do know what's going on then you know yeah what could be done but they they have an idea of it if it's not really in the front of their brain but they know and mm -hmm. i think they somehow and this is the patient that you were mentioning before who just come and don't really want to go in that effort so i have pain here can you do my arm can you do it for me please thank you very much yeah, and they yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, yeah. to be part of it the, but the other ones to want to yeah. that and that's i think uh where i will stick up for the profession um mm -hmm. the chiropractic profession is that it comes from a good place and Thank we were you. told you know, with uh, Gordon Waddell and, uh, and uh, all these great guys that were preaching about the biopsychosocial model back in the uh, the 80s. Mm -hmm. I mean, most chiropractors do try to, to get people to see the root cause of their problem, even if that's mentally, mental health and emotional health. Um, I just don't think that uh, cracking spines is the solution uh, if that's all you have as a, on, in your toolkit. I yeah. think, but those the soft skills of listening and actually deciding you know, using your diligence, using your uh, discernment to decide, right, this person definitely, they could easily come back to me with back pain every two weeks of the rest of their life. If I don't send them on somewhere else, can I sit with them? I don't think that, that and, and I think that's what lots of, that's what lots of yeah. people uh, struggle with. Now, I have patients who do come in once a week because mechanically they are, something's not right. And they, they're gym addicts and it's the gym industry which could keep, you and I in business for you know ten lifetimes because we, people mess themselves up with what they do with their movement. Now, I would, hang on, can I say something? Yes, sorry, I don't want to cut yeah. because this is funny. I was asked once by a journalist, and I did a mistake. Right? People said, "Do you think we're talking about exercising?" And I said this: My great grandmother died 103, yeah. and she never ran from here to there. She never exercised. She drank a glass of red wine every day. Yeah ate an apple and wake up and did a few exercises. And she was, you know, she never exercised. It didn't exist, right? Especially in the ladies' world. Men, maybe, yeah, yeah. but women would never do, right? 
And I'm always thinking, you know, we're doing, oh, we overdo it so much. All this industry was born from people trying to get better for a certain sport, but for it to become a sport in itself, it's just, it's 30 years old, 40 years old, if that, if that. And it's like, what are we yeah. doing? There's something quite paradoxical. And then we work from a very, you know, fancy gym yeah. where people are literally a bit obsessed. Is it a bit of, we know why people go into gym most of the time. It's more vanity than real health, but there is obviously a, a huge health benefit from it. But interestingly enough, we have the spa there is full because people are interested all the time and they are yeah. doing with the best trainers ever. So we, yeah. the whole profession is really doing it well. There's just something that is not quite in balance here. Well, what's missing is that people do in life, people do some pretty silly things um, <laughs> when they have when they have ideas in their head. So whatever yeah. their paradigm, so whatever their belief system is, is made up of, you're... you're You'll see it all over the place, and in every every field, by the way, not just the fitness industry. I mean, I mean there are there are understand there are ideas, and we, I think as a as a humanity, as a as a humanity is moving towards a place where we're starting to look inside the algorithms of our thinking. Like, actually, does this belong there? I, I'm not sure why I think this. Where does this come from? We're doing that, you know, and you see that happening. Big social movements currently. Um, some of them need to be careful how what kind of disruption they want to cause in the process. I think that things have to be done like we do with patients carefully, carefully right? Yes. Everything is like, okay, this is out of balance, but if I upset this here, will it cause problems elsewhere? That, mm -hmm. These things are nuanced, right? right? And the body is nuanced. And I think that when, and that's skill of, of knowing the nuanced thing to say and the nuanced thing to do when people have an injury because they've got body dysmorphia, that is a big, that's hard, man. You know, and I think that we work with people who Let's say that their hierarchy of needs is met. They have shelter, they have food, they have, they have potential, hopefully love, you know, you know the, the things that they need to survive are normally in place. And it's, they're worried about these existential things. It's, you know, is there, do they have the, are their holidays as good as the ones that their friends are having? Are their kids as smart? You know, it's the, it's the other stuff. And then some of these people develop issues around their self image, which, we don't. It's, that's a whole podcast in itself. We could talk for hours about that. And I'm and I, and and I spend a lot of time trying to persuade people that their body, they are okay. You know that actually the images and the ideas that they hold on to are formulated by somebody else somewhere in the world. It's not there with no accountability. And I would rather they listen to to my version of of what's healthy for them. And and that's the that's the that's the skill of a good a good clinician. Oh, I, well, I I think this is a good great way to, to say it and when you do this job like we do for a while and you go into this obviously it goes back into how much you were loved and we know about the whole yep. you know story of your self-confidence and if you have any issues with yourself and where, they, where it comes from but it's interesting yeah. when we reach um, the level of, of, of imbalance because you, you talked about it really nicely a minute ago is that you can bring back to them a bit of cognitive abilities and you say look you're, you're clever you're intelligent you're all this but look it's mm. interesting that you don't see this in the yeah. same way you, you're not you're, you're approaching this in such a different way you're not using the same um focus or intelligence for it and why is that and I've, i'm quite interested and i the know you too yeah. yeah and also but yeah. this that denial thing you know like we know that we kind of navigate through this life trying to avoid our fears and our discomforts that we know socially are affecting us but there's another thing that is interesting. And once you start unleashing this, you do create a bit of turmoil. You do it, it but you're here to, to hold the space, as I said, but you also say here to say to people, look, these are the doors I can see. I'm happy to open them with you. I am not really sure what's behind it, but I will 
happily come across with you and we'll deal with it then. And I think that's a good a good way to to offer something. Yeah, listen, we both work with with therapists for that reason. You know, when we, mm-hmm. so we know that there are some doors for people that it's. Uh, I de- I definitely don't have the skill set to deal with what's behind it. In um, how many patients do you find? Well, Where, this what, is we, the thing. we 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 50, always 50, end 50. up here. Yeah, yeah I, I, 50, I'm. 50. I guess the, my practice has changed so much as well, and there's so much emotional release and all this work between, which I, I think we want, we need to talk right now together about because uh, because Ben is writing a book, so oh, yeah, we're going to yeah, talk about that, that as well that, that in a second. This is yeah. this is to come, but it's like I you know the more I'm doing this softer version of reading, sensing, going to sense reality and feeling things, the more it all is integrated here in the big center of control and you realize that it, it's there's not a lot happening no. in the body that doesn't come from at some point on information from there yeah and yeah. therefore yeah. you know this is where we all fall back on mind know? body interface yeah yeah call it what you want somato uh somato yeah. sensory the, know, semantics the mind the mind body dichotomy so it was your it was that french guy Descartes, that ruined it for everyone for a while we'd be much further ahead if it wasn't for the french like with, like with everything. Depends, um, depending on what. <laughs> but, you know, when Descartes was coming up with this idea that, you know, that there, were, there was the brain and then there was the soul that lived with inside the body and, uh, and that they were separate entities that could exist without any, inter- without, you know, whether any interaction taking place mm-hmm. in one mm-hmm. didn't necessarily correlate to a, an effect in the other. Um, people held on to that idea for, and some do. I think there are still people in, in practicing on Harley Street, because I've met them, um, who... Push come to shove. If they, if you were to ask them to reduce their philosophy down to something, it would resemble something like a Descartesian model, where mm. they say, "No, no, listen. If I do this to the body, you know, it, it won't affect the mind, and or if I do this to the mind, it won't affect the body." And, and I, they, we are embodied creatures, right? Mm-hmm. So we are, we are, we are, we intuit the world around us with this grey matter, but the grey matter is implicitly you can't in, inexorably you can't separate it from the soft tissue, and so that's why. When you're doing, look, it's it's a beautiful realization when you come to it because then you, without wanting to make any big crazy philosophies around it, you can just you understand actually fundamentally most of what you do. If you speak to somebody and calm their mind, the rigidity in their muscles relaxes. If you release the rigidity in somebody's muscles, their mind relaxes. You know, it's a it, you see it every day. And I I just want to pick some here for, just for the people not only know so much about the nervous system. But we'll have to talk mm. about this for a minute. But one thing that is interesting is that most of the communication in the body would be hormonal or through nervous system. We'll send an information to an organ or to a muscle, and it will have a feedback route coming back to the origin of the center that sent information to say the information has been received. And it's really important to understand this because this is how a lot of this feedback loop explained that this connection is not just constant, but it's yeah. immutable. It's absolutely everywhere. This is where you need a lovely monitor here rather than this beautiful artwork. I think it's it, those, the image, to image that loop is so powerful and for people. And mm. I, of, I often uh, draw it out for them. Yeah, me too. Um, send them videos to, to watch. And, um, and it's very powerful when you, can, when you can appreciate these things because there are, there are lots of claims made by specialists that around this around this model, mm. but, um, but yeah, if, if, when people actually visually see it for themselves, that's, that's, that is healing, right? They, they can start to understand things. That's right. Yeah. So tell us Ben, a bit more about what you are working on at the moment, if you don't well, mind. I know yeah. it's a bit secret. I mean, it's not secret as in it's not 
out yet, but it's very secret. But it's very secret. I, I did ask you not to mention. No, okay. no, no, it's it's it's. Thank you. It's. Um, I work with some brilliant guys, right? Um, yourself included. I've got some. I've got a team in America. I have some some guys across Europe. Um, the team in America that I work with, the Foundation Training Boys, um, Dr. Eric Goodman, Jesse Salas. Um, these they put together a method which is is like the next evolutionary step for physical culture in many ways, which is. They're looking at this thing. It's it's very cleverly designed movement, and I've been toying with the ideas, experimenting with my with the with the principles myself. Here, you've you've seen me in the gym working with people doing it. Absolutely. Um, it's it's how it's the best way to reconnect the the brain with dormant structures, the stuff that gets ignored. Because let's remember one thing. I know this is going to break a lot of people's hearts to understand and hear, but the fitness industry was a lot of what they people do in the gymnasium is just made up. It's made up by a bunch of guys look, trying to look good in, in California a few years ago. Um, the yoga that people perform, again, don't shoot the messenger. But the it's it's only 100 years old, the yoga that people do. Those, a lot of the, the postures and the poses, they were Swedish military exercise that was imported into India. The initial, uh, original yoga, if you go to India, as, as, as I have, you there, there, there's only four or five original postures and poses. And yoga was meditation. It was a... Uh, a process of mindfulness more than anything. So, okay. And uh, and so all of the incredible acrobatics that you see performed uh, on Instagram now. I will just now. say something, yeah. one here that I love about yoga, because we're touching it, is a lot of great yogis, I think, will say that the yoga happens when you go from one position to the other. Yeah. And meaning is that the, the more defined is your intention of movement and the way you're going to unfold or you know which way you're going to decide to move your body from that's what this is where it happens it's not the, the, the position itself is irrelevant yep. but it's in that morphic change and where you start it from when you end that this that yoga as it were the name actually happens anyway, yeah so. yeah look it was it was originally it was designed as a, a, a process of metamorphosis you know to move from one state to another that's right and and and, and when you are looking at movement patterns in the, in the gymnasium now that are done with vanity as the, the, the primary motivator, you're mm-hmm. you're um you have to ask questions. Well, but that's why is that? I mean, you and I see the result of it, which is injuries. So people that are performing stuff that are beyond their level, and people are doing things because they want well, to look a certain way. as well. They they they're changing their biotypes, which is also something fascinating. They're changing yeah. structurally in a way as well at some point. Yeah, look, it's huge. Uh, but to be to be truly in, in so you have to have an, people have to have an honest relationship with their body, and mm-hmm. they have to have an honest honest relationship with what it is that you know, their body is capable. That's a big of. subject. There you go. Yeah, you know, it's but it's in it, and it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I uh, I think as a clinician, I can relate to it. so I'm getting getting some of some of these guys who uh, are type A personalities to to even consider the idea of doing something similar to yoga. That's hard work persuading them. Mm-hmm. Whereas look, you're, I know you love to, to lift this and it makes you, you, you think that this is what you have to do, but actually if you can move back to mm-hmm. being just your body for a bit without worrying about anything external, just. Can we say here, and I, you've just said it just a few minutes before. Yeah. If you start lifting things, your mind starts changing yeah. and thinks that lifting things, you know, you, you go into your own, fabricated bias and this is the point so when people yeah. regardless of where the idea came from because it's very rarely from their own mind yeah. touched on that as well 
eventually they start changing and you see it and then we have we know that physiologically they are changing because yeah they're changing their corticosteroid level for example because yeah. if you start training your legs like uh, you know very intensively you're going to have more testosterone if you're a man which also means you're going to get bigger muscles and also but also your mood is changing yeah. also you know you're changing who you are as 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 your original state of being which is which is huge and i don't think everyone really it can be yeah, huge, but it can also be dangerous. Yeah, right? so, because, so, so that's what I meant. So yeah. if you take if you take a guy who's already jacked up on his own endogenous testosterone, and then he's he sees the world, his, his, the, 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 his land, his worldview, is the land that he, his terrain, and everything that he's involved with, the landscapes are full of people that are bigger than him. Then he wants to be bigger, and he goes and then starts taking extra steroids to to catch up and growth hormones. You're that's the cult. There's, there's a culture of this out there, and I think th the world doesn't need more of that. No, it's, it's terrible, like, and especially no more men with more testosterone. I think we need more women and more well, women in politics. But, 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 coming, but coming back to that, I think again, the, what, the thing that you and I do, where, where we, is that it's an atypical form of masculinity in the sense that, that to, to start with empathy rather than competitiveness, mm -hmm. right? Which is somebody walks into, you know, can you imagine if you're if too much testosterone, too much or too many, too much added testosterone? Plus a particular mindset. Somebody walks into your into your room and you see them as somebody you know and you you know potentially harboured resentment for and you think, ha, look at you, you're broken, good. You know that's because that's what testosterone does because it's hyper competitive. Totally. Right. And so if, so you've got somebody walking into your door and you're you're too jacked up on testosterone. And I've seen it. There are there are some pretty interesting uh, therapists out there who uh, who follow that train of thought. But um, and it's, you'd be you'd be amazed. People are. People are interesting creatures. Yeah, I believe in that. So I just want to focus on one thing, Ben, it is something you're working on as well with all the your team around the world of people that you have. Is So how would you see the interface between muscles or the musculoskeletal system and yeah. emotions? I know this is, again, where is it? I'm not, I'm not saying what is it, where is it? I'm just telling you what is your philosophy on it? So in a bigger way, how would you, how do you imagine it rather than how? Yeah, well, start, starting with the fact that um, we don't we don't really know where consciousness exists. So therefore, you can stick somebody into an MRI scanner and try and perceive what's going on in their personality and, and, and how well they're doing. There are limitations, obvious limitations, and uh, to to use to relying on human-led technology to try and give us these answers at the moment because it's way too complex. We 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 just don't know what's going on with consciousness. So. You, you have to look at a body and, uh, and map it by, you know, we can only, the only things that are verifiable and true to a person are their subject, their subject, subjectivity, right? So it's how do they feel? What are their emotions? What are their thoughts, right? So if you can try and extrapolate enough of that from a person, and then you match that up with what you see in front of you, and it fits the right, it fits the picture, then you know it's coherence. You, it's coherence, right? And whereas if somebody comes into your office and they're sat like this and they say, oh, I'm fine. You know that something's not fine. So it's, that's really what um, I'm exploring and have been exploring, which is how to use that same process of muscle and emotion um, to heal people. But to answer your question, it's something which, it's, it's an ongoing, my, my ideas of it are still in flux, mm -hmm. right? And it's only from conversations with people like yourself mm -hmm. and other experts where I'm learning things each time. So bioresonancy and the stuff that you, that you're far more articulate and, and informed about than I am. These things are the next something for me to look into before I come to a more 
I never want to say a crystallized model, but, no, yeah. but, I, but I'm working on the dimensions that were previously my blind spots. Um, I mean, I'm on my own. We're up, we are both on our own journeys through life. My, you know, I, I've become a father this year, so I'm thinking, you know, I need to hurry up and do certain things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, well so, done. So I need, I need to do... That's, that's a big one. It's huge. That's the biggest one. It's ever. the biggest one. Exactly. It's like more, more oxytocin. More... There you go. More of the love. Of love. Yeah. And... Yeah, but it's a, I, I'm, yeah. So actually, since you go there, we're going into, uh, you know, life. This is a good, a good place where we should go. I, because you mentioned bioresonance and you're right. It's something that I'm really quite passionate about right now. And also that led me to uh, quantum biology. So quantum physics was something that I was, I think, you know, we are curious. And yeah. when you do the job that I guess that we do, you're, I think it's surprising. So I always remember so many times saying, I think I did a really great job there. And the patient comes back like, yeah, that's really worse or nothing. Or sometimes yeah. you're like, oh yes. gosh, I really so missed right. the point. I so don't know what to do. I love it when you do it. And, then they, it and, then, and then they come back and they're like, oh my God, this just changed me. And I was like, I yeah. So you go back to your notes, like, what did I do? Gosh, I did nothing to her. Yeah. Did not, you know, and just like the confusion of that. And this brought me into feeling, but you know, where do, do we start and finish? We don't know this is a big yeah. story. You know, yeah. where is my energy? Is an idea energy? Is an idea that now we're exchanging? Is it is it palpable? Is it does it exist as it were? And if it exists, then what is it? Is it molecules come together? Is it where is it? You know, how we are exchanging even our conversational yeah. thoughts right now. And I think it's the same way when suddenly you take and you put that lens that you try to be as objective as possible, which is nearly impossible anyway, but a patient yeah. comes in and then you start playing little tricks. And I'm not saying that we're tricksters, but I'm just saying, you know, you open the door to someone and you would say, I'm just going to stay here. Mm. You're offering a choice. They have a choice. They can wait for you to move. You can try and pass in front of you through the door, but it's a bit narrow. And if they take that second option, do they show you their back or their front? And then, you know, they come into your room and which chair would they choose, et cetera, et cetera. And before they have even opened their mouth, you've just started kind of profiling, we could say, or taking things. And you, with yeah. not judging, you just put them in the back of your mind. And then you start a conversation, da, 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 and you do what you just said. Then you, is it, does, is it coherent? What this patient is saying, what he's experiencing the symptoms, the way he's moving, the way he's speaking, he's correcting it, whatever. And when suddenly you, you are there very quickly, mm. I don't think you can diagnose well, but what you can certainly do is say, is that I know there's something here we have to do. Yeah. And this is what I think. And you can say, I, this is my suggestion to you. This is what you are sending out when you're moving around in, in this environment. Is that what you want people yeah. to feel? If this is what they feel, thank you very much. Goodbye. If not, let's engage a conversation. See that, and that's where I think, that's where your level of expertise um, supersedes mine. I, I wish I did that more. Say things like that, but yeah, carry on. I don't mean no, I don't, no, no. I do actually. I do mean it because it's. It, I I wish I did that more. I wish I did that more uh, in real time. So if you're doing that stuff in play, mm -hmm. I do it more of a post analysis, and I think what was missed there was something there. And I'm rubbish on post analysis. I can only do it there. So this is funny. You see, I can't. Yeah. I can't because yeah. it's something you can't think. And I realize this is the thing. The more you think about this, the more you are applying and then you're going to yeah. find what you're looking for. So how do you objectivize yourself? And this is, I think- I, 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 I try point. very hard and i tell you why. I had, a, I, I think we have, as you know, because we, we, we've socialized together. Yeah. You know, I know, I know you're a better dancer than me. I know that there are many things you do better than me. And there are, and, and there are some <laughs> things that- the only thing I do. No, no, but in terms of, and it, but it, what's so strange, so the irony, let me explain, is that you, you, you're free when you move and you dance, and, right? Whereas 
your in terms of rehabilitation in all of your professional career you haven't become passionate like i have in terms of the re rehabilitating the body in terms of physical education say so you've, you've you've kind of specialized into that um let's call it the, the mind that you, you you've dealt with the the emotional and mental state of your patients and that dimension far sooner in your career trajectory than i have and whereas i definitely avoided that and i think that's you know that's because um you're french and 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 that's the kind of thing that french people do <laughs> no 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 it's quite true you it's know? not true no and i think it is true in a way and we'll come back to this i think there's a bit of truth in that culturally there are some, there is, of yeah, course of course bit. there is you know galitaire Ooh la la, liberté, fraternité. Right. It's a big, it's a big it's, deal. It's huge, and it's yeah. it, it, with philosophy, learning. You know, everyone has at some point, even if it's the slightest bit. It has, you know, yeah. the door has been shown. It doesn't mean yeah. you got to, but the door has been shown. I think it's it's worth something. And well, it's 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 a thing. Whether we like, you know, whether it's just it's an observable truth. If you say like that, there are the French are better at some things than the British, and the British are better. And some things, and and what we're generalizing using nation states, but but what I'm saying is the cultures that um, the that produce these behaviors are, are are they're an observable reality, if if you will. And but in terms of the things that uh, that I do in a post analysis is that I try to leave my personal self outside of the treatment room um, as much as I can. I my humor, like my my terrible jokes, you know, they, I put them in. To try and put people at ease, and I and I so I offer a bit of myself without. But then there's this this persona that I try I, I put on for my patient, mm -hmm. and that's a show rule. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then and then there's the fact that and I you know I you know they don't need to see me relaxing with a few drinks at the weekend or um, you know having you know, chasing my dog around the park. It's that they don't need to see that side of me. I like them to have that concentrated version of. My clinical persona, and I'll add whatever I can in terms of the human element to it, but then step back from it, and then so. Whereas if I was being, you know, so I think that there's that's that that's why the, that there's more rigidity to my clinical experience than yours. Maybe I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Ben. I think because you know, it's we, we, we keep saying that we are complementary, and it's true. Like what you know about rehabilitation, in the I take this word in the biggest possible way. You know, I, it's true. I'm, I'm. Just, not just rubbish at it. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it to start to start with, and it and it's great that we have that because, and everyone is different in a way, of course. But what I'm actually coming back to this this is brings me back to the work you're doing for the book that you're co-writing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these guys, you know, have set up this this I don't know what you call it this it's a system, this, this training system, system. exact yeah. training system. So tell me well, how do you how do you come in? How do you come in? You know what what is what part of your expertise? Yeah, clicks in. What do you, you know, uh, what is it that you're writing? I just blagged my way in. I just no, uh, no. I, I I reached out to Eric. We were. I've been. You know, I respected things that he was doing. Um, started did the training courses. Went to meet the guys and um, and I told them about some of the things that I've been working on and and there was they loved it. So we've got this. It's very organic kind of uh, system in play. Mm -hmm. um, I work with lots of athletes, as you know, and it's. I've been using their techniques, a modified, let's say bastardized version, can I say? Uh, the, the, the version that I'm using, it's, it's, I've modified what they're doing and I use it with professional athletes to, nice. to get some performance. Um, enhancement. Enhance, enhancement, yeah, proper, and, and it, this stuff really works. So yeah. when you're, again, a results industry. Yeah. It does it's, Do you, does it, it prevent as well injury as it were? Do you know what I mean? That, I, I know this is such a silly question thrown out here, but I'm just saying, do you, 
the answer to this short is of course it does. But my, my point here is to say, did do you by empowering your 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 clients yeah. or your patients with those new methods, do they see themselves differently? Do they understand the way the body was differently? Or is or do they it's just follow you? It's no, it's yeah, it's look, like anything, it's it's skill acquisition. So when you're acquiring the skill, there are there are some cues that are better than others. So getting people to understand their body, I think the cues that we give the way that the reason i love their system is that it uses the it, it really guides the individual into their body right because there are some bits that we neglect yeah, totally. and there are different ways to tell us more about this because you 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 pass really quickly on the, the, those dormant places yeah. you were saying what what, right. what is that so there are chains there are the the there are the posterior chain is a, is a word that's been used yeah. uh, a lot now in the fitness industry explain which, a little bit because i don't think people understand they were, that they were, so, yeah exactly sorry so you may you may you may you may have heard of it um the posterior chain are a particular set of muscles in the back of the body so the hamstrings um the erector spinae the latissimus dorsi they are big strong muscles that are located on the back of your body which get neglected in the aim you know in a two-dimensional uh, aesthetic world where people want to look good in a mirror they neglect the stuff at the back and it was and it causes problems but it's uh that's one set of structures the posterior chain are one set of structures that fit in to an entire system of pulleys and mm -hmm. levers that the body does so um going back to my uh my critique of the fitness industry which is that it was designed by guys who were very interested in in isolating structures mm -hmm. so it's you know they want to, you want to focus the on the bicep uh the bicep is a flexor muscle, but it works to, you know, it does so many things. I mean, and so if you train the body, you know, and reverse engineer it, then you're going to end up with a faulty mechanism, uh, which is what we see. And yeah. so there's this system brings all of the parts together. It, it looks at movement from a much more um, embodied perspective. So if you're using, if you're lifting something, where are you lifting from? How? Mm. Which, and guiding people into May I, I mean, I, it's, I don't know, it's, maybe it is a silly question, but why would you say this method had not been found before. What, what, what is the new thing that they put together that, you know, I'm sure they've learned things from everywhere, but yeah. what is it? What, 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 why was it dormant, that method? Well, I think you, you asked the question, what was the, what was the necessity for this system? The necessity for the system was that people were sitting too much and we were following bad ideas before. It's more a case of, it's taking the body back to how it should naturally work. But anybody who's been performing exercises on a, night, on, a, on a machine in a gym or doing any one particular thing too much, I mean, let's just, just say, you know, whether it's riding a bike or it's um, sitting in a chair for too long, these, were, these are social constructs. These are things that man has designed. And so they come, they just in themselves it inherently will develop um, uh, imbalances. So it's more a case of you know, undoing those imbalances by... Um, pulling in the counter. So somebody who's sat for too long or rode, ridden a bike for too long, it's strengthening the muscles that were the antagonists for the ones that were working the most. That, so it's yeah. rats to how to get the balance right. Yeah. I'm sorry to come back on this because I, yeah. I want to clear this out. Cool. When you say dormant, because yeah. I, I tell you why I'm coming from this, I, I hear a lot and you know that um, people say, oh, these muscles, uh, I'm just repeating here, yeah. but these muscles are not switching off. You know, for example, yeah, in, in, this isn't thing inhibited, is, but you know. yeah, exactly. And I, and I just, yeah. I just want to clear things out a bit in terms of pure physiology here. You know, yeah. the, we know one thing is that the body is always trying to use as little energy as it can mm -hmm. for a task. That's one one axiom. But the rest is, 
Do you, would you say some muscles do not activate as it were? Because I, well, I find this a bit confusing. I think they've been neglected, which is a different way to look at it. But yeah. for them to never even be able to, you know, to yeah, no, track as it were. I see what you're saying? trying to do here. You can pin me down on this one. So if you think about the body from uh, in a standing position, mm -hmm. from the moment the mechanoreceptors are... So in the, in the feet, you have a whole bunch of nerve cells, right? So, you know, Merkel's discs, Pacinian fibers, Ruffin, all these small fibers... They send information up into your foot, the muscles, the small intricate muscles of the foot. The foot then sends muscles up into the calf, the calf into the thigh, the thigh. The hip. That whole sequence is a is a system. It's a chain. It's a, it's a mechanism. It's, a, it's a, a, an electric signal that passes all the way up. If you're sat in a machine and you're trying to extend your leg, you're reversing the the natural, uh, let's say, electric activity of the nervous system, the programming, the wiring of it. And so certain muscles can become dormant if you consciously do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So we know that the multifidus muscle in the lower back atrophies. So dormancy, uh, inhibition, whatever you want to call it, the multifidi actually kind of, they, they atrophy and, and become smaller. Become smaller. And other muscles will take over the role of, so the quadratus lumborum, which is another muscle in the lower back, starts to get really tight and stiff to compensate. And before you know it, you've got somebody with a really stiff back and the stiff back is causing all kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. So it's the stiffness. And that's where this, you know, in terms of the flexibility of yoga, I'm not bashing yoga. I know I mentioned it earlier on that some of the ideas held up within the philosophy of modern yoga are uh, sort of corrupted. I do think that it's a beautiful, it's brilliant, better to be flexible than inflexible. Better to move than not move, but there are better ways to move. move. That's yeah, I agree it. With that. so, yeah. Ben, we're getting to the end of this chat. So I, we've said quite a few things. I think as, as practitioners, the most important for us is to be able to, to listen. And when I say listen, I mean by the biggest way possible being alert, I guess, and open to the idea. Yeah. Now, the second thing I want people to remember yeah. is to maybe think how we're going to... Um, how do we relate this to people? So my point is, we're not going to say, oh, people come and see us, we're amazing. We're trying to say, people... This is the try... longest, this is the longest PR interview I've ever done. Yeah. I was to say, can you, can you, when you go and see a practitioner, yeah. focus on this? Can you feel that connection with them? I think this is really interesting because I realize some patients see people for so long and they're stuck in this method, whichever it is, and they don't get better, but they keep going. And I'm yet again, you know, we, they, they feeds this little short circuit pattern. Yeah. And I think this is one thing I want for them to come and educate themselves, go and see people like you and be yeah. part of that journey thinking, okay, so I'm not, wow, I know, I can understand why my muscles, what a muscle chain is, what a, a connection between my mind. I can see that when I'm tensed in my mind, yeah, I'm tensed my body and yeah. maybe attention here will bring the other reverse. So it's- Get them, they can come in and they can spend, they can pay a lot of money to hear about my wisdom. <laughs> no, 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 look, I, I, I think if you're, you know, what, what can people get from, there are, there are lots of specialists like you and I around the world who um, all with their own uh, take on what we're describing here, I think. Um, what people can take away is that uh, there is much more, well, even to question, I, I guess in a way, question every now and again, the instruct, what, when you are asked to do something by a personal trainer or by a clinician, just ask what the agenda might be. What's you know, and what's the validity of what they're doing? 
Good. Uh, exactly. Be do, more, be more inquisitive. Be more inquisitive. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, yeah, no, we're not, not, I'm not saying that um, people are necessarily being you know, defrauded or they're somehow uh, being lied to, but there's, um, there's, there is definitely within the systems that uh, that the fitness industry at the moment, there are some, there's some stuff in there that needs to be corrected. And just be careful when if you're, if you have a bad back or if certain exercises are hurting you, it might be that there's a design fault rather than anything wrong with you. You know, so this is what I wanted to hear. You just said it. Thank you so much, nice guys. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you for coming. I really nice appreciate it. Here, it's, it's the longest we've chat for a long time. So maybe we need to do many of those podcasts yeah, so that we can catch up with. But yeah, we can go about time. quantum biology. We can speak about so many other subjects that we both love. I'd like to. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed that. I really certainly did. And I will see you soon on another podcast. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Well Cheers. Thank you.